choice. <laughs> choice. Um, fuck me running. I worked all day, by the way, you know. It's not exactly easy to fire on all cylinders after a 12-hour day, you know, of, of essentialism. Let's see you come home from a 12-hour day of essentialism and be rocking a podcast, you know, funny as a humdinger, you know. Not exactly easy, folks. So quick recap, you know. Choice. Um, observe. Service. Perspective. Plan your exit. Yes. That is vital in a job. It gives meaning and authority to your work. And it's vital in a career. Yeah. And that's what I've been rocking with in my business life as of um, this past week or two. Definitely. Definitely. Skinner Marinky Dinky Dink. Skinner Marinky Doo. I love you. I love you singing. I love you. We'll see you next time. I love you in the evening and underneath the moon. Schnuffle up, I guess. Yo, it's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty. On this magnificent May 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Just goes to show you folks, you know, life is beautiful, life is wonderful, life is magnificent, certainly is. You never know what kind of an adventure that you're in store for, you know? That's the blessing and gratitude of a new day. For example, today I saw two grown men wearing Harry Potter paraphernalia, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Home of the Hex. Hexagram. Like, isn't that like a wizard college? Hogwarts, you know, Harry Potter? Just goes to show you, you never know what you're going to see on a day-to-day basis. Two grown men rocking the Harry Potter getup. I couldn't believe it, folks. I seriously couldn't. You know, I'm sitting there on the bus. I look over, I'm like... Yo, that dude wearing a Harry Potter Hogwarts Quidditch? He had like a Hogwarts Quidditch cap on. It was like a winter cap. I couldn't believe it, folks. I mean, I read Harry Potter. Like, I read the first Harry Potter in high school. I'm going to be honest. I was drunk or high for it, you know? Like, you know how how it is, folks, you know? High school, just like a drunken, hungover, stoned-out haze, really. So it's like, I read the first Harry Potter in high school. I don't remember a damn thing. Fairly entertaining. I think I played a Harry Potter video game on PS2. Suffice to say, I don't remember a damn thing about it. So like, to see a grown man wearing like a Hogwarts hat? A little unsettling. Never mind seeing two men, two grown men in one day, wearing that Hogwarts get up. You know, when I was coming home on the bus, I see another dude. 
he had a Quidditch backpack or Flipendo or I don't I don't know. It was it said Hogwarts, that's for sure. Right? I was like, what's this world coming to, you know? Like in this day and age, that's the male in 2021. Rocking the Harry Potter getup. Like what would drive a man to wear a Harry Potter getup? Unless, unless he actually did go to Hogwarts. Maybe he is a wizard. Maybe he did go to Hogwarts. Maybe he did play college Quidditch. Hell, I don't know. You know what I mean? Anything's possible, right? I'm thinking of moving there myself, you know? Judging by the way things are going in society, like, isn't that J.K. Rowling, like, on the forefront of, like, you know, common sense, you know? Men are men. Women are women. You know? Just because you put on a dress and jump on a broomstick doesn't mean you're going to play Quidditch in my club, buddy. You know? You know, I'm thinking of moving to Hogwarts. You know? Like J.K. Rowling. She found herself in some hot water, you know, for talking common sense about, you know, gender. (laughs) Apparently, it's a privilege or... It's a choice or something. Gender is a choice. Depends upon who you talk to. That's a whole other kettle of fish, folks. I really don't want to get into it. Um, But you pretty much know where I sit. You know, common sense. Look between your legs. Now, what is there? Well, that's what you are, dummy. Can't be any more obvious, but I don't know. I think I might have to move to Hogwarts. Seeing how this world's going these days, you know. And it's never enough. Like, didn't Dumbledorf, like, didn't they claim Dumbledorf? Like, apparently Dumbledorf, apparently he's as gay as a $3 bill. I mean, okay, cool. You know, keep Dumbledorf. You know, you can have Dumbledorf. You know, he's just, you know, fruity as a fruitcake, you know. Like, it's, it's no big deal, you know. You can keep Dumbledorf, but for God's sakes, just look between your legs and have some common sense. You know, now they're trying to, like, I mean, I guess this is old news now, but they were trying to like, they had their own little witch hunt of their own. They were trying to burn J.K. Rowling at the stake, ironically, you know? Because she writes about wizards and witches and stuff, you know? A little ironic, a little witch hunt of, um, you know, their own. I'm moving to Hogwarts. And by the way, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, seeing as you've taken so much from society, isn't it about time you gave back? You know, help my black ass out. You know, you see some hack fucking YouTuber such as myself, you know, you know, a little a little politically incorrect, a little unfeeling, you know, would it kill you to throw me a bone? Like, come on, J.R. the P, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, you've taken so much from society, you know, here you are making multi-millions of dollars as like a 10 year old acting phenomenon and, you know. Granted, he's a very talented young man, you know what I mean? But, like, you've taken so much, would it kill you to give back? Like, help my black ass, J.R. the P, John the Ramtran, the podcast, like, hook it up. You know what I mean? If you ever ever want to stand a chance, Daniel Radcliffe, of me ever watching the rest of the Harry Potter franchise. I don't really remember what happened. I, I vaguely remember, like I said, I was drunk and high a lot in high school. So I vaguely remember one, it was like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Pots and Pans or something, or 
the Chamber of Secrets and there was something about like a car that flew? Or was that like Herbie, Herbie the Buggy? You remember Herbie the Buggy with like Lindsay Lohan? Was that Herbie or was that Hogwarts? Was that... I don't know, but like Daniel Radcliffe, it's about time you give back to the world that you've taken so much from. You know, you fucking degenerate. Anyway, but you never know what you're going to see in a day, folks. That's the beautiful gift, the bountiful blessing of a brand new day. You know, man-childs, men-children walking around dressed up in their Harry Potter getup, you know. Um, I also saw a very fetching thing, like... I was like on the bus and I look out the window. It's raining, piss poor rain. We're driving by a cemetery. I see some gams. You know, I'm like, oh my God. I saw like some like, I guess she was in mourning. She was like stuffed into this like cocktail dress, this really tight clad cocktail dress in the middle of the pouring rain this poor dejected mourner like she you know she's you know she's trotting through a cemetery in the piss poor rain in a cocktail dress grieving i guess but you know she was looking pre- she was looking quite uh fetching so you never know what you're going to see on a day-to-day basis you know escorts you know trying to drum up some trade in a cemetery, men dressing up like wizards, the whole kit and caboodle, folks. Anyways, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. You know what I mean? And God bless that hunky, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, he's going to be a guest one day, whether he knows it or not. (laughs) Um, You know, we talk about current events, um, the times of the time, uh, you know, entertainment, the whole kit and caboodle, folks, you can't go wrong. And something that we're doing here at JR the P in 2021, you know, I am an Amazon affiliate. You know, my black ass wasn't quite that cute when I was like a teenager. Like I started acting too at the age of 12, Daniel Radcliffe. You're not the only bozo who knows how to, you know, mumble a couple lines into a camera, you know? Daniel Radcliffe's out there making millions. Well, you know, I was doing it too, buddy. You know, nothing's... Anyway, you know, seeing as I ain't exactly no hogwart, you know, hunk, you know, I'm relegated to, you know, selling shit on Amazon, folks. If you take a look at what this thing is on my head, you know, this little showstopper, um, this is what is known as a clay beanie brimless cap, something like that, you know. I'll post a link to a video. I made a very successful video promoting these hats. You know, you can get them on Amazon. You know, I'll post a link. And, um... If you purchase one of these hats through one of my links, one of my Amazon affiliate links, I get a little bit of a kickback. See what I'm saying? I get a little bit of a referral fee for driving traffic. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So I made a video on these brimless hats. Very successful, you know. 1.1K and growing viewership on that video. And the latest thing that I'm schlepping out here. Take a look at this, folks. Look at this puppy. Look at this gorgeous puppy. Take a good gander at this, folks. Now, this is... um. That springtime attire, a little windy, a little chilly, a little rainy, but you don't want to be too stuffy, you know? You don't want to be boiling up a blue streak, but you know, it gets a little windy, gets a little rainy. Well, what your eyes is feasting upon right now, folks, is what is known as the Champion Men's Packable Anorak Jacket. The Champion Men's Packable anorak jacket going for $33.64 on Amazon folks smoke them if you got them yes this little honey you know it's a very nice kind of windbreaker you know kind of light you know good for those uh spring early summer mornings you know you don't want to be too hot but then again you don't want to be too chilly Throw one of these puppies on. Absolutely gorgeous. Take a look at this, folks. And I'm trying to show you the cuff. Oh, shit. I think I have it on inside out. Oh, no. See, that's what I'm trying to show you. That champion decal. That classic champion decal. Look at that, folks. Absolutely gorgeous. You'd be a champion in this. Yeah. So, um, going for $33.64 on Amazon, folks. Smoke them if you got them. That rattling you might hear in the background is like pots and pans and panhandlers, you know. Like I said, you never know what you're going to face on a daily day basis, you know. Living in the downtown metropolis. I live in Toronto, Canada. There's always some nonsense going on. Can't wait till I get my own studio. Daniel Radcliffe, you know. I don't know why I'm on this Daniel Radcliffe tirade. <laughs> I guess it's from all that Harry Potter shit I was seeing this morning throughout the day. Harry Potter. You know, you think a guy like him would have the decency to just slink off into oblivion. But no, he makes like these multiple mega successful Harry Potter franchise film back to back to back from the age of 11 to fucking 17. You know, bona fide blockbuster sensation you think he would have the decency to just slink off into oblivion you know drink himself to death somewhere in the uk or whatever no he has to go on and become like a very like talented multifaceted artist like fucking knock it off already buddy it's about time to give back to the world that you've taken so much from daniel radcliffe equus this guy went and did a broadway play equus about like Horses that got their eyes poked out by some mental patient farmer. He had the nerve to go do an off-Broadway play after making Harry Potter in the Chamber of Dildos, you know, for like $10.8 million, you know, paycheck. He had the nerve to go do an off-Broadway play, Equus. I remember that, you know, vaguely. And I think he had to be like naked in it too, you know. You know, he's, he's thumbing his nose to the Hollywood 
elite. He's thumbing his nose to pedophiles everywhere, you know, traipsing around half naked on stage at the age of 17. You know, he's thumbing his nose to Hollywood. He's thumbing his nose to authority. He's thumbing his nose to pedophilia. You hear me, Daniel Radcliffe? It's about time you give back to the world that you've taken so much from. (laughs) Moving on. Anyways. uh, So, yeah. So if you do feel like, you know, purchasing some of this shit that I'm selling on Amazon, um, it's a way to help out the show. Anything you purchase on Amazon through one of my links doesn't have to be this charming champion anorak jacket or this brimless beanie cap. It could be anything you purchase through one of my links and um, I get a little bit of a referral fee for driving traffic, you know. But it ain't nothing to shit the bed over. There's always the free option to support the show. Hit that like button. Subscribe, you know. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you're digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know, it truly is. Yeah. Quick sip of coffee. Coffee break, boss. No man, me, boss. Oh, goddamn. Pardon me, God, you know. I hate cussing like that, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain. But when that coffee be tasting good on a mother, you know what I mean? Make me say, God, D. God, D. Ugh. Ooh. Ugh. Alrighty, folks. Pandemic. COVID-19. You can't run far enough. You can't run fast enough. Here are some of the latest and greatest in the world of COVID-19 in Canada. This is an article from the ctvnews.ca. Anti-restriction rallies draw dozens in Manitoba. Dirty dozen. (coughs) These chicks don't even know the name of my mask. And they're all on me like they got the coronavirus. My band, my band, my band. Dirty dozen. Anti-restriction rallies draw dozens in Manitoba. Winnipeg. A few dozen people attended an anti-mask rally at the Forks on Saturday for the weekend. The second weekend in a row. The Forks? Sounds like a buffet. I used to go to this place called the Royal Fork. Oh, it was blessed, man. Just deep-fried garbage, candy, sugar, shit, poor people, fat, obesity, cheap, diabetes. You know, buffets. Anyways, a few dozen people attended an anti-mask rally at the Forks. On Saturday, for the second week in a row, the Forks, you know, it just sounds like a buffet, but apparently it's a place in Winnipeg or something. The Forks. 
Demonstrators at the Forks gathered by the Canadian Museum for Human Rights around 2 p.m. and then headed out for a loop around the Forks before heading out on Winnipeg streets. The Forks rally was one of two anti-restriction protests planned for the weekend. The second rally was held Saturday evening in Winkler. CTV News was there and observed about 70 people gathering peacefully in a park. And it's a very serene picture. There's like, you know, a little picture. Um, enforcement officials were in attendance, but it's not known if any tickets were issued. On Friday, the province urged all Manitobans to obey public health orders in order to avoid fines in an enforcement bulletin. Enforcement officers will be present at any rallies, large gatherings, and events this weekend, and will be closely monitoring events, the province said in a bulletin. Officials advise the choice to defy public health orders is a serious offense and violators Violators will be held to account. Why don't you fork off, buddy? All right? Like, you're going to hold me to account for what? Sitting in an open pasture? Like, they're like in an open park. You're going to hold me account for sitting on the grass? Suck it. Last week's rally at the Forks drew hundreds of people and resulted in $21,296 fines. So let me repeat that. Last week's rally at the Forks drew hundreds of people and resulted in $20,296 fines. 20 of those being issued at the Forks, closing its doors. The province added the event is still under investigation and more charges are expected. So, you know, these poor Manitobans, you know, like I said, they go down to the Forks. I guess that's like a area in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the Forks, you know, um, there's a few pictures, you know, I'll try to post a picture, just like an open grassy parquet area, you know, they're down at the Forks, you know, they can't go down to the Forks buffet, you know, you know how buffets always have like, you know, the golden fork, the golden corral. You know, the Golden Goose, the the Forks, you know, the buffets always have those type of names, right? So these poor Winnipeggers, these Manitobans, they can't go out to a buffet, you know, indoor buffet. So they go down to the Forks out in the wide open pastures and these dildo, dummy, dilettante, dipshit um, experts and officials in Manitoba are like hitting people with fines, for protesting and going to rallies. They they hit up 20 people with these $1,300 fines. $1,300 fine for <laughs> sitting in a grassy outdoor area. Redonkulous. So my heart's with the Winnipeggers. Keep on fighting that good fight, you know? Um, and it's tough, like for myself, your weekly, monthly, yearly to these punk motherfuckers Dumb motherfuckers, see clearly. COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and gain control for whatever nefarious reason. It affects the aged, the overly obese, and the poor at health. 
and much of that is state of mind. If you are elderly, if you are of poor health, if you are overly obese, you're only as healthy as you feel to a certain extent. You got to stand up. You have to have the backbone. You know, you have to take charge of your life. You can't be afraid of every little damn thing or you'll never make it in general. Right? You're only as healthy as you feel. Right? And apparently it's the same information. 80% of people, a larger number than that probably, 80%, the vast majority of people who contract COVID-19 can recover without any special treatment. So what's all this hoopla about? Bunch of mumbo-jumbo, hogwash. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh, oh, that wascoey Wuhan wabbit. There's something awfully squooey going on around here. You know? It's mumbo-jumbo. So, you know, that's what's going on in Winnipeg. They're also um, in Sacre Bleu, in Montreal. Oh, Ole Montreal. Um, where are we? What am I looking at here? Oh, yeah, there was some, uh, there were some protests in Montreal as well. You know, some major kickback and pushback as well. So Canada's been um, seeing some resistance to this um, situation that globally we've been forced into, which we've been fear-mongered into. And, um, you know, as the rallies in Winnipeg have been drawing attention, as as the rallies in Montreal have been drawing attention, Um, My support is with them, and it's tough because, you know, these people are really, I'm guessing these are people that are everyday people. They have lives, they have jobs, they have family, friends, and, you know, they're really risking it by, not in any health sense. I mean, COVID-19 is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo hogwash bullshit. I mean, only some COVID sissy would be afraid to walk around outdoors without a mask on, you know? Only some dickhead would be afraid of that, really. But um, not to, you know, shame you into fear. <laughs> or out of fear, rather. Not to shame you out of being afraid. But, um, you know, these people are risking persecution pub- in the court of public opinion. You know, if you're not afraid of COVID-19, then you are selfish and irresponsible and there's something wrong with you if you don't want to lock yourself away indefinitely from some boogeyman type of virus that we still have no truth and reconciliation behind. What the fuck is COVID-19? Where did it come from? What is the meaning of it? We still don't know. So I applaud these people. You know, here I am doing my part. I put it online. I speak my opinion in hopes that, you know, as much as I joke and kid and add levity to this situation, it's another voice in that direction, the direction of reason 
And I'm not even an anti-masker or an anti-vaxxer. I have my own personal strategy. I have my own personal belief. I have my own personal way of dealing with COVID-19. I'm not saying it's for everyone. What I'm saying is COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and gain control for whatever nefarious reason. It affects the elderly, the overly obese, the poor at health. And a lot of that is state of mind. And in knowing this, what we must do is move forward with a sense of reason, rationality. I personally don't wear masks outdoors. But when I'm at a grocery store, I wear a mask. When I'm on a public transit, I wear a mask. I wear a mask where I'm required to. But I don't live in fear of it. And I'm not telling people to wear a mask or not wear a mask. I'm, I'm asking people to look at what we know of COVID-19 versus what we don't know, which is basically everything, and come to a sense of rationality and to not be guided by fear because the powers that be, they have a vested interest in your attention, your time, and your concern. The more they can control, manipulate you, the more they benefit off your tax dollars, off your attention, off your um, compliance in governing, you know, society in general. So yeah, that's all I ask. That's all I'm saying. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh, oh, that wascoey Wuhan wabbit. You know? And in saying that, I'd like to give a quick message to the society in general, the globe, you know, you know, just shouting out to the world right now. I'm sending an SOS to the world, you know. I hope that someone gets my tantric sex in a bottle. Do, 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 do. 18 hours of sex. Do, 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 do. Sending out an SOS. You know, a little sting, the police. I'm sending an SOS out to the world, baby. Check this. You know, I'm apparently an essential worker. Yeah. I am an essential worker you know i'm an actor stand-up comedian extraordinaire i host this podcast jonathan ramtran the podcast you know um and to facilitate and grow this podcast i work as an essential worker i work in a warehouse doing shipping receiving and um yeah it's an essential part of society that's how products and um, goods and services are 
transacted on a global level. You know, many times I'm shipping things internationally. Yeah. And um, yeah, logistics, you know, business, marketing, products. It's all connected in that chain of economy. I am an essential worker. And this is just a message from an essential worker. Sending a message out to the world, folks. I am not a hero. Message in a bottle. Boom, 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 boom. Tantric sex in a bottle. 20 hours of sex. Apparently Sting from the police. He's a some tantric sex enthusiast. But I digress. I am not a hero, folks. You know? I'm just some Joe Blow schmo willing to work and support himself. Not willing to live in fear and lock myself away indefinitely. I'm not a hero. I'm not a hero. I'm 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 getting paid to be an essential worker. This isn't some duty I took upon myself like Batman, all right? There ain't no bat cave where I fly out every morning to go and kick ass for society. Like, I don't, if they quit paying me, I'd quit showing up. I am not a hero. I'm somebody who wants to pay his bills, put food on his table, and, you know, your weekly, monthly, yearly, till these dumb motherfuckers see clearly. Just keep putting out the hits, you know? JR the P, Jonathan Ramchand the podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. But I'm not a fucking hero. <laughs> Far from it. You know, some people might even call me a zero, you know? So it's, you know, just don't call me late for dinner. Which I might be if, if I quit my essential worker job. I have to have dinner, folks. You know, that's the whole point of being an essential worker, to support yourself, not to save society. And I've had people, you know, comment on certain videos that I do and, you know, oh, well, you know, these essential workers are out there risking their lives and deadly duh for society and, oh, essential workers risking their lives. No, they are taking care of their own business. And it's a very classist classism thing to deem a person essential non-essential like who is to say that the small business owner is unessential the barbers the hairstylists the independent clothing retailers the you know the the aesthetics the aesthetics of society you know what I mean? Like fashion, um, the, the, the aesthetics, you know what I mean? Like that, 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 the highlight, you know, the things that give life and living intrigue, options, you know, capitalism. Like, oh, I could go and purchase this if I should want to. Because it's the money that I earn. Oh, I could go purchase that if I want to. Because it's the money that I earn. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have an interest in being in 
you know, a woodworking type industry. I like to make custom furniture. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to go out there and do something for myself. I want to use my hands. I want to use my talents and my creativity to support myself. I am an independent business owner. Who's to say that is non-essential? The aesthetics of society. You know? It's what makes life interesting. And it's, it's a message from me, an essential worker. I ain't no hero. And these dildos up in their ivory towers, the halls of governance. Politicians, pundits, peckerwoods, these fucking dildos. If anyone is unessential, it's them. It's laughable how, oh, their leadership in our times of need. Bunch of mumbo jumbo hogwash. Hoop it up your ass, all right? So that's my message. We are all essential. Hallelujah. It's hard to grin. (laughs) Grin when you really want to just like, you know, I don't know, cry. (laughs) But I mean, that's what's going on in society, man. Like, People would just be stuffed in these corners. (laughs) So, anyway, what else here? As I am going forward, you know, as an essential worker, busting my hump, you know, to support myself, much of that is for my performing endeavors. Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, my production company that I recently started, Noi Productions. Yes. Noi Productions, um, Not Of It Productions. That's a production company I recently started so I can showcase my talents as an actor, as an independent filmmaker, as a podcaster, as a... You know, don't have to get so technical about it, right? And, you know, I had a very interesting week in business, you know? been contemplating the whole message behind the essential worker and the place that that has in society. What that questioning did was it, it, it lent me, it led me to a lot of gratitude. That's what that questioning did. Um, As I open my mouth and I bitch and bellyache and criticize people, much of the time for comedic effect, and mainly for comedic effect, I mean, if you know me in my personal life, I don't generally take the time to complain to people (laughs) or bitch and whine because who wants to hear it? But, you know, that is a part of the fodder of humor. You know, being a curmudgeon, being a complainer, pointing out the loopholes. And as I do that, the risk is you take your eyes off of yourself. And that's the risk I've been running by 
you know, critiquing these co-workers, critiquing these situations that I find myself in, in my daily job as a shipper receiver, right? As, he, as an essential worker. Taking the eyes off of myself, focusing on others, that doesn't pay. It pays to focus on yourself, to grow yourself, to better yourself. You can't change people. You got to focus on yourself. And I started to realize like, shit, like I'm as, I'm just as crazy and fucked up as these people I condemn. <laughs> and in no real sense, you know, it's not, it's not like I hold ill will to them or I hate them, but, you know, I, I complain about them. But like when I stop and think about it, it's like, I'm just as messed up as they are. You know, we all come from these crazy families that mess us up. You know, your family spends 18 years fucking you up, then you spend the rest of your life trying to get over it. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty normal. It's pretty normal that, you know, we all have these, well, at least for myself, it's normal that, yeah, there's these kind of skeletons in the old closet that, I don't know, peek out every now and then and get to judging people and being judgmental. And it's like, I'm just as stupid as they are. Case in point, I have a supervisor. She's a very negative woman. She's somebody that I truly would not choose to be around. There's always a negative, negative, negative outlook criticism she's always criticizing everyone around her that person's this that person's that blah 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 got to the point where i was just like i started judging her unbeknownst to myself i kind of saw her through the eyes of judgment and criticized her for being so judgmental I said to myself, wow, what a negative woman. She's so judgmental. She's so closed-minded. She's so blind to herself. She is such a judgmental, small person. And ironically, that's me judging her. It even got to the point where I noticed, like, I was blind to myself. She was giving me some instructions and it was, a, it was during a day when she was really kind of getting on my nerves. She was just running her mouth at me all day. And in my perspective, anybody talking to me is considered running their mouth. <laughs> I'm a comedian. I'm a podcaster. I'm an actor. I generally don't want to listen to people talk. I'm an independent spirit. Fuck up off me. Fuck out of here. Why are you talking at me? Get to the point. You know? So... <laughs> The sin that she committed against me was to talk to me to begin with. So in my mind, I'm like, wow, she's like really on me today and blah, 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 blah. And she was trying to explain something to me, right? I'm like, oh my God, would she just fucking stuff it, cram it. Would you shut up? She's driving me nuts, right? Then I stopped and thought, oh, you know what? The truth of it is, 
she's actually making some valid points and I'm blind in my judgment of her. Like a realization. Because she was trying to explain something to me and I kind of had it in my head that it was one way and I, I gave a response and then she was like, well, no, this is what I'm trying to say to you. And then she repeated herself. And then I had like a moment where I'm like, oh, I hear what you're saying and I'm catching myself I'm being judgmental and closed-minded. Like all she was really doing was just trying to communicate the point to me. But I was so judgmental of her and her negativity that it clouded my reason when dealing with her. So many times we take the focus off of ourselves. I took the focus off myself and I had to focus on her and it blinded me. It made me blind to reason. It made me blind to the situation, taking the eyes off of myself. And that is vital, critical, across industry, whatever you do. You know, being successful at what you do is very much dependent upon having the eyes on yourself, focusing on what you need to accomplish, and being open-minded and non-judgmental. You're going to have customers that are a pain in the ass. You got to be non-judgmental. You're going to have co-workers that are a pain in the ass. You got to be non-judgmental. It ain't good for business. It's not good for solutions to be pointing the finger. Right? So that's what I got to do. I got to come off, come down off that pride and that ego and keep the focus on myself. And a lot of times I do it out of, like I said, that's part of the recipe of humor. You know, um, you know, taking them little shots at people and situations, satire, observation, right? That's a part of it, but, you know, I got to keep the eyes on myself long term. And in doing that, um, I was watching this video on YouTube and um, it came up with some great points, some great points on, um, and a lot of these points I've already been doing, but I thought they were just worth sharing. Um, tips on how to enjoy your job and be successful at your job. And um, I'll just list them off real quick here, you know. Um, number one choice whatever job you're doing it is your choice you should be there by choice if you could be somewhere else if you want to be somewhere else if you could be somewhere else be somewhere else if that's not the case then you're there by choice and sometimes people will try to blah, blah, and control you and get on your nerves. But remember, if you are choosing to show up there every day, then it's your choice. And that's power. And that's an investment in your time, in your money. And that's a positive in your life. Choice. Number two, observation. You know, you want to get a sense of detachment. You don't want to take things so personally. 
you know? Observe the situation. Have a little bit of a distance. And it's actually quite comical. And that's really what I'm doing when I make these criticisms and complaints. I don't harbor them in my heart and walk around in a horrible mood. I just bring them up on the podcast as, you know, an observation, a humorous aside, so to speak, right? So observation, very important to create that distance and to take things, to, to take, to not, to not take <coughs> coronavirus, <coughs> to not take things so personally, right? So um, we have that observation. Um, number three, perspective. You know, it's all in the way you perceive things, right? Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? Suffice to say, you know, is your job, um, is your job as a shipper receiver, such as myself, is it a job where, um, oh, for God's sake, every day I'm dealing with these stupid idiots at the warehouse and blah, blah, blah. They're always on my chops, busting my hump, driving me nuts. You know, ah, oh, what a stupid job. Or is it, hey, this is an essential position that I'm doing that connects trade on a global scale, getting products to the people, getting needs to the people. And what it does is it positively influences society and it creates a paycheck for myself where I support myself and I invest it in my goals. Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, Noi Productions, moving onward, moving forward. Perspective. Yes. Number four, um, you know, um, look to serve. Look to serve. You know, so many times in our lives, we're so driven by what we want. We miss out on the opportunity to serve others. And that really gives meaning. You know, that gives meaning to your work. You're not just merely slapping together a sub. You know, you're just slapping together a sandwich, whatever, mayonnaise, pickles, onions, the whole king caboodle, whatever. Fling it, fling it onto a plate. You know, no, you are a sandwich artist, as Subway would tell you. You're a, su you're a sandwich artist and you're making someone's day. You're making someone's lunch. That sandwich can affect their mood and go on to work wonders well beyond taking a shit, you know? So, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of serving, serving others, right? So that's very important in a, to keep sight of. And last of all, um, plan your exit. Yes, plan your exit. You know, um, this, this too shall pass. Why are you doing your job? You know, are you, are you there temporarily? Are you invested long term? Well, that's up to you. And if you are there, you know, temporarily, you know, be there for a good time, but not a long time. 
plan your exit, you know? And that's something I've been doing. I spoke recently enough as, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, three or four podcasts ago. I was talking about how, you know, hey, instead of marching around on the job site with a foul attitude and bitching and whining and being tit for tat about things with every person you come across, why not be like, you know what? Take every day as an opportunity to do your best and then one day you'll be able to humbly and humbly achieve a point in where you can be like, hey boss, I got to talk to you for a second. Um, It's been a blessing working here, um, but um, I just have to let you know I'm putting in my two weeks notice. Um, I'm going full time in my endeavors. I really enjoyed my time here and thank you very much for the opportunity, but um, yeah, I must put in my two weeks notice. Jolene is gone. And when she left, she left with the right to be gone. Got that doo-doo. You got that doo-doo. You got that shit. You got that shit. Jolene is gone. And when she left, she left with the right to be wrong. You know? Leave on your terms. Leave on good terms. Plan your exit. Yeah. And um, that's that gives, again, that gives power to your position. You know, you're not just merely there floating around and whatever the job tells you, the job, like, like no, you're there present, committed, and with a plan. You know, this too shall pass. You, you know, you're, you know, you're planning that jailbreak, so to speak, right? So, yes, very important in a career and also very important in a job. Those five little points. Um, Choice. You're there by choice. Observe. Observe the job. Create some distance, you know? That way you don't take it so personally. Serve. Be committed to serving. Serving your coworkers, serving the customers. It gives meaning to the position. Um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, perspective. Yes. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? You know? And lastly, plan your exit. Very vital. Very vital. Choice. (laughs) Choice. Um, Fuck me running. I worked all day, by the way, you know. It's not exactly easy to fire on all cylinders after a 12-hour day, you know, of of essentialism. Let's see you come home from a 12-hour day of essentialism and be rocking a podcast, you know, funny as a humdinger. You know, not exactly easy, folks. So a quick recap, you know. Choice, um, observe, service, perspective, plan your exit. Yes, that is vital in a job. It gives meaning and authority to your work. And it's vital in a career. Yeah. And that's what I've been rocking with in my business life. 
as of um, this past week or two. Definitely. Definitely. And um, moving forward here, Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Actor, comedian, as y'all well may know. If you're returning, you know, and if you're new to the program, I'm an actor, stand-up comedian, podcaster. And, you know, I actually had a very productive weekend, just coming off the heels of a very productive weekend. Now, I can't get too in-depth, but I can say for myself, um, I felt very rejuvenated and alive and, you know, it was a real humdinger, you know? It, uh, it's quite the feeling when you feel like you're making progress. Yeah, that is quite the feeling. That's quite the feeling when you're working at something and you can step back and kind of look at your handiwork and be like, oh, yo, this is for real. So yeah, I had a moment of humility in that regard. You know, I'd been working at some things and I kind of stepped back and took a look. I'm like, yeah, I'm making some progress. This is for real. You know, the best is yet to come. And um, I would just like to extend that to you, the dear audience, the dear viewer, the dear listener. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. It's your old Tucker buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah. Canada stepping up. Winnipeg, Montreal rallies, protests, you know? Can't hide under the blankets forever, folks, you know? Um, business, 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 you know? What is your observance? What is your choice? What is your service? What is your exit? What is your perspective? Business. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Peace.